Hi, everyone, and welcome back to Orange Power Half Hour. I'm here, as always, with my dad, Shane Smithen. My name is Shelby Myers. And Pops, our pokes prevail over the Mountaineers, 48-34, um, which takes us to 5-2 and two on the season. Um, it was stressful, but it's fun to come out on top. What do you think? Well, I, I think I said after we uh, had lost those two games in a row that I'd bet all the money in the world that we'd be five and two at this stage of the season. And I, I think all Cowboy fan, fans felt confident of that. Yep. Um, obviously, that's extremely tongue in cheek. It, it looked we mentioned this a little bit last week. It looked beyond dismal. Uh, mm-hmm. coming off the Iowa State loss, yep. really because the first two wins of the season were not even particularly satisfying wins. I mean, the, the road right. win at Arizona State, you certainly take a, a road win against a Power 5 team anytime you can get it, but Cowboys didn't look great doing it. Um, nope. You know, we had all the issues with the multiple playing players and and all that lack of continuity, so it just it didn't feel good. And then those two, two losses, I – I said it last week. I'll say it again. My hat is completely off to the coaching staff for not losing these kids. Sure. Uh, it's a it's the, the ideal situation to to lose a locker room, particularly in today's time of, uh, of right. the portal and, the, right. and you know uh, players having the ability to play in four games without accounting against their uh, eligibility. We could have had a lot of kids, Ollie Gordon included, you know, that said, "Hey." Uh, you know, I've played in four games. This isn't going the way I want it to go. I'm going to opt out and, and save my uh, eligibility and not yep. participate the rest of the season. And not only did they keep kids from doing that, I think they spent the off week um, coaching the dog out of them. I think they went to, yeah. to boot camp kind of uh, via, you know, the remember the Titans, uh, you know, time period. I, I yep. think they coached those kids awfully hard and managed made a difference. Yeah. And Alan Bowman, um, he hit on that in his post game, um, after the West Virginia game about how that, um, bye week was kind of an identity, um, search for them. And they kind of found themselves in that week. And I think that's obvious, um, by how we've played the last several weeks. Um, and you know, I think you touched on Ollie. I mean, you talked about losing the locker room. If, if, if we could do go ahead and lose the locker room, I mean, we're having a completely different conversation at this point in the se- in the season. So a huge turnaround from the coaching staff and the players, all credit to them. Um, I think we look way more like the Oklahoma state that I re- have recognized um, from over the last several years than what we looked like at the beginning of this season. So, I am excited. I'm excited for what's to come for the rest of the season. Um, I'm excited for Cincinnati and homecoming this weekend. But before we get there, we let's talk about the West Virginia game. And we started here last week, but shoot, Dad, there's no way I can start anywhere else but without Ollie University. Yeah, I, I had the same thought. I thought, man, I want to I want to have an initial opening point other than Ollie. And, uh, you know, at the top of the little notes I made, I, I wrote Ollie again I mean you 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 can't start anywhere else 282 yards rushing on 29 carries 14 it, it is insane um you know he's now up to 816 yards on the season you know his his performance Saturday was the ninth best rushing performance in Oklahoma State football history that's that's pretty high anyway that's it's wild it's particularly high if you consider the fact that five of the rushing performances that are better than Ollie's were b- by a guy uh, you might have heard of named Barry Sanders. 
Yeah, he sounds so, familiar. Uh, anytime you're on any kind of a list that Barry Sanders is on as a running back, you've done something right. Good day at the um, office. And and I think Coach Gundy alluded to this. He said something in his press conference, you know, about uh, I think almost in a little sense of amazement that that Ollie seems to get better as the game goes on. Yeah, and, for sure. Uh, you know, he had he had one of the best fourth quarters uh, anybody's ever heard of in, in terms of a running back. He rushed nine times for 149 yards and three TDs in the fourth quarter alone. That's that's a great full day at the office right. for for most you know uh, power five uh, tailbacks. So, I mean, you just keep throwing out statistics and they're all amazing. He averaged nine point seven yards a carry. That's a first down nearly mm-hmm. every time he touches the football. Yeah, it's it's just bananas. And in the fourth quarter, in the, in the fourth quarter, he averaged sixteen point five yards a carry. I've never heard of Unheard anything. Of. Yeah. Unheard of. Remotely like that. Um, you know, Neil Brown, the West Virginia coach, had a pretty a pretty great quote of his own in the post game. He said, I, I've never seen 150 yards in the fourth quarter. Uh, his quote was, I don't know that we tackled him in the fourth quarter. And that's not literally <laughs> true, but it's it was pretty close to being literally true. Yeah. And I and I just want to make this point while we're on the topic of Ollie and hats off to our coaching staff again, because he also had 29 carries and I love the fact that we just kept letting him eat. And I really, really appreciate that mindset. And I think Ollie's the type of athlete that um I that can handle that, that can handle 29 carries. He's tough. Um, so yeah, hats off to our coaching staff again for for making that call as well. Well, and you mentioned toughness. I, I'll throw another statistic out. According to uh, Pro Football Focus. 194 of his 282 yards came after contact. And uh, again, completely, completely impressive, uh, does speak to his, his toughness. Um, He's up to of his 816 yards on the season, 538 yards have been after contact. So, um, you, you know, the kid, he, he's a, he's obviously, he's a big physical back and he is tough. Uh, and, and as, as everybody is seeing, um, he gets better as the game goes on, uh, you know, instead of playing out, I, I think, I think he's wearing defenses out. Mm-hmm. I think you've got guys in the fourth quarter seeing him, you know, and having a shot at him saying, I don't want, I don't want no more of zero. You know, yeah. I just. He's, yeah, I'm good. That that kind of back. Well, and you can't we can't talk about Ollie too long without um talking about the O line, right? Which has been has been the same song and dance for the last two weeks of of improvement, of of getting a lot better. You, you know, that I think we were ready for to fire all of them at the beginning of the season and and there's a couple times that Ollie has some large runs where he doesn't even get touched. So <clears throat> Well, I, I just I, I'm accusing you of being able to see my my notes all the way from Stillwater, but I guess you can't. But that uh, offensive line is the second thing I had listed yeah. down here, and and uh, you know, not that we have thousands of of uh, viewers on our our pod or listeners on our pod, but I, I want to mention this guy's name: Joe Mahelski, Preston Wilson, Dalton Cooper, Jake Springfield, Jason Brooks, Cole Birmingham. Those guys 
did do an awesome job. We have been, uh, we've been hard on them. We've been critical. Yeah. I think most of the fan base has, and uh, as OSU struggled to run the football, the tail end of, of last year, really the, the offensive line issues have been going on for a couple of years. Um, and so to come out and, and have a game where you get over 400 yards of, of well over 400 yards of total offense and uh, you've got a back go for 282 uh, you score 48 points. Remember, you know, last week we were having a, a party because we finally yeah. broke the 30 barrier. Uh, we nearly broke the 30 barrier, 30 point barrier in the fourth quarter alone. Mm -hmm. um, so um, just tons of improvement by those big guys up front. You know, they they were averaging uh, Oklahoma State was averaging 3.9 yards per carry in the non-conference games. And now in big 12 games, that's up to, to six yards of carry. Again, that's that puts coaches in a situation where if you can continue to to repeat those numbers, you know, that's a first down every every two plays and, and right. you don't have to you don't have to get, you know, overly creative and, and do anything crazy. Um, you know, he Bowman wasn't sacked in this game. You know, that's a, that's another thing. I mean, so it's not just the run blocking. Right. But it's, mm -hmm. the, um, you know, it's the pass protection as well. Um you know, a uh, 117, I'm sorry, 111.7 yards is what we were averaging on the ground in the non-conference games. That's up in Big 12 games to up over 200 yards a game. So those guys have just made uh, all kinds of, of progress. And as you pointed out, you know, in the fourth quarter, uh, even though we've talked about all these, you know, yardage after contact, there were a couple of those fourth yeah. quarter runs where if they were playing a flag football game, they didn't pull a flag. Yeah, I could have scored. Yeah, which uh, that in your current condition being which would nearly, be at thirty-seven weeks pregnant, pregnant would be I, very I, impressive. I, I might want to. I might want to see that, but <laughs> yeah. oh, I hope I get that mental image out of my head soon. Um, yeah, I do want to go ahead and those touch. Guys have done a great job. Yeah, they have. I do want to touch. I want to talk about with you about how um, you thought Bowman's performance was. You know, we just talked about. Um, him having a lot more protection up front. I do think he flushed the pocket maybe one or two times um, when, when he shouldn't have. I think we got a holding call um, on one of the linemen because he flushed a little soon. But I still think mm -hmm. with O-line's improvement, I think it's also um, helped Bowman improve game over game. Um, he was 24 for 36 with 210 yards passing. Um, I, I don't have any complaints about that. Do you? No, I, I think I, I think my analysis of, of Allen to this point would be um, that he's a, a really solid game manager. Um, I don't think he's done anything to this point to make anybody think he's going to go out and win you a football game. Mm -hmm. But I think he is a guy who's absolutely going to, you know, keep you from losing games. I mean, he, right. he's not going to go lose the game for you, right. I guess is a better way to say it. Uh, he's going to be pretty careful with the football. He's very savvy. He's got a lot of experience. He does a good job of not taking sacks. Mm -hmm. um, the interception that he had the other day, um, you know, it, at least you could see what he was seeing. I mean, he did have single coverage back there. It wasn't like he threw it into double coverage, threw it into a crowd, um, you know, and 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 I wasn't even 100% sure that it, you know, as much um, as as much as I love Gerard, uh, I mean Rashad Owens. I thought Rashad maybe could have gone and made a little better effort on that, or at least kept it from being getting picked off. But 
but I, I think Bowman's doing uh, doing a good job of managing the game. And my my only real uh, criticism of him would be just exactly what you've said. You know, the first two or three games when he was in there, he was running for his life. Right. Um, and part of that part of that was due to play calling too, because when Allen was in the game, we weren't trying to run the football. Right. And so defenses could tee off on him, knowing that he wasn't particularly mobile. Now that we're that we've established a little bit of a run game. And the, and the offensive line has improved. Um, you know, I, I would like to see him set in the pocket a little longer mm-hmm. um, and and maybe not flush and certainly not flush, you know, back to his right, because then, um, you, you know, at that point, you're talking about throwing your ball, the ball off your back foot. And, and that's yeah. usually that's usually eventually a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Some some things that I um would like to be better on offensively speaking. I, I, we've talked a lot about improvement and I'm very happy with the strides that we've made uh, up until this point, but we've got to be better in the red zone. I think um, I am one of very many OSU fans who just gets Baylor flashbacks every time we get within five yards of the end zone and can't, can't go ahead and punch it in. Yeah. Well, I, I had a, a couple little notes here, you know, it said offensive, bad, offensive, good. And under my offensive, bad ca- category, I have, you know, we're still kicking too many field goals or attempting too many field goals. Three of the six trips in the, you know, in the score zone the other day uh, resulted in field goals instead of touchdowns. And that will, yeah, and I, you know, Dad, point, get beat. I like Alex Hale a lot and I think he's very good and I think he's got a great foot. I don't want to see him as much as I see him. Well, yeah, I think you can get to the point where you you ask the guy to do too too much heavy lifting, right? I right. Mean, uh, you know, the statistically speaking, those guys are going to you know miss some field goals at some point, and he's he's already attempted you know twenty one field goals, and just for frame of reference, uh, you know, he's seventeen of twenty one right now. Tanner Brown in all of last season kicked twenty three field goals, so we oh, we've got holly. five five conference games left, and and we're, you know, we're two attempts away from, you know, Tanner Brown's attempts for all last season. So, yeah, we do need to, to continue to find some ways to punch it in the end zone uh, when we get in there. And, I, and that leads a little bit into one of my other offensive bad comments was, you know, we're still having difficulty in, in getting receivers to uh, – to separate and get completely loose. So, mm-hmm. you know, one of the reasons OSU hasn't had trouble in the red zone a lot in the past is we haven't spent a lot of time in the red zone in the past. We'll, we've had That's guys true. like, yeah. uh, you know, J- James Washington and, right. and, and people like that, uh, Tylen Wallace, balls. you know, catch passes and take it all the way to the house. So I think that's been, you know, I think our, our lack of success in throwing and completing deep balls has contributed to that a little bit. And, and that's a real concern going forward, particularly now as as we've had, you know, some some injuries. And, um, y- you know, maybe this is a good time to have what we should call the Jack Smithton injury report. Uh, <laughs> I, I know your cousin's been been begging for, uh, for one of our most loyal report. listeners, maybe the only loyal listener we have. One of our five listeners. Uh, <laughs> so, you know. Uh, yeah. If you're if you're one of our five, you can call and tell us what you'd like us to talk about. <laughs> yeah. Apparently we'll do it. But. But Jason Brooks does look like he'll miss this next game. I think he's in a, a walking boot. Um, yes. Kendall Daniels and Blaine Green were both banged up. I, I don't have any kind of a, a definitive report on them. Daniels came back and played, so I would assume he's okay. I'm not sure about Blaine Green. 
you know, uh, Shetron, unfortunately, I've, I'm hearing has broken his collarbone and his loss for the season. So um, that that receiving group is, is certainly going to get thinner. Yeah. Uh, Leon Johnson, the the third um, who transferred from uh, the he was the kid that transferred in from the Division three school. I think John Fox maybe is the name of that school. He he got in the game late and played a little bit. I assume he will continue to play. They were had hoped to redshirt him, but that's not going to be an option now. And I won't be surprised if we don't see them pull the redshirt off of a couple of the other uh, freshman receivers. Yeah, we might not have a choice, and I think that's going to be um, that'll be an interesting move looking forward because um, our offense, as you've touched on in the past, has been so receiver heavy, and we've had so many prominent. Um, receivers come through our program and so and obviously you know when you have a back like Ollie you can you can lean a lot on the run game and especially if your O-line is going to go ahead and improve but you do have to stretch the defense out every now and then so we are going to have to have some of those guys step up and and make some plays and get some get some crisper routes going and get a little bit more separation and and unhold some blocks I thought I thought we didn't do a stellar job of um for our receivers of getting those blocks held on the outside. So um, we need to, we need to probably improve a little bit in that, in those regards. Yeah. And that's another thing that Oklahoma state traditionally has been great at it at, at the receiver position is guys that could block. Tylen Wallace was a, a great blocker on right. the edge. Marcel Aitman, you know, guys like that have, have typically done a really good job. And, and you're right. We, the, the improvement in that, in the, in the throw game is going to have to continue because it's just a matter of time before somebody decides somebody other knowledge is going to beat us and, and somebody's right. going to come out and put seven or eight guys in the box. And, right. uh, and that may be, that may be as, as uh, soon as this weekend, uh, you know, Cincinnati is, is the team that, that does very well against the run. Um, they, they only give up 100.7 yards a game rush yeah. uh, for a three, 3.2 yards a carry average. So, you know, with the way Oklahoma State's been rushing the ball, that's one of those deals, as the announcers say, you know, something's got to give. Right. For sure. Um, I wanted to to talk about this because I'm I'm hoping to plant some some of the seeds. And I know I've seen a little bit of traction of it on Twitter, but I don't think you can look at all these stats and watch his performance and not bring up the word Heisman. What do you think? Well, I noticed uh, I did see a, a link to an article uh, somewhere this morning um, that that indicated that there were now odds on him. I saw something that had maybe 10,000 to one, which obviously are, are extremely long odds. But just the fact that he's on right. somebody's betting board at, at, in Vegas is is great. You know, and if he continues, if he has a, a couple more weeks that are even remotely in the category of what we've seen the last two weeks, those num those odds will get, uh, they'll go the other direction. Uh, yeah. There's no, no doubt about it. I'm not naive enough he, to think that we need to be, you know, talking about him winning it or anything at this point. I realized we had very, an extremely slow start, but I just want to make sure that we're that heck the university, the fan base, the marketing department, everybody's doing their part to get his name out there because the the dude's a freak and he needs to get some he needs to get some love for it well it's yeah i mean the 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 things that he's got going against him are the fact that oklahoma state's got a couple of bad losses already the fact that he didn't get a lot of touches in the season so there's some already some wasted opportunities if you will in that regard but you know this last saturday ollie outgained 13 power five to fo entire football teams rushing by himself so those are the kinds of things that that will get you 
that kind of notoriety. And even if it's too late in the game to build a legitimate campaign for this year, it's not, it's never too early to to start for next year, get him on the, get his name out and and get his name on the minds of voters, you know, going into to next season, um, you know, hoping with dub, you know, all fingers and toes crossed that that Ollie Gordon is is a cowboy next year, you know, which right uh, that gets you know we'll, we'll we'll go down that road at a different time. Right. Yeah. I just want to I just want to put that out into the universe and maybe manifest it a little bit for him because I I I want to be competing with the big boys on on every level and the Heisman included, and I I think he's he's up there at that level. So um, I think that we need to be doing our part and in, in spreading the word about him for sure. And what a, um, what a marketing, what a dream for a marketing, you know, director anyway. I mean, right? there's so many things that you can do with his name. Uh, RG three gave him the nickname of OG two the other day yep. during the, the football game. Uh, you know, uh, Ollie, Ollie oxen free. Ollie does his score. Ollie does is, you know, yep. I mean, uh, you've got all kinds of, of things that you can do with him. Zero, yep. the hero. I've seen that. Yeah, if the branding department needs any help, um, just shout out Orange Power Half Hour. We can help you guys out. Um, but moving on to to defense, Dad, just tell me what your uh, what are your initial thoughts there? Well, I, I think the I think the first thing that you have to talk about defensively in that game is you got to throw Nick Martin's name out there. I mean, right? the guy the guy had seventeen tackles for the second time this season, and again yeah. for perspective. Malcolm Rodriguez, who I understand was pretty good, uh, dude playing in the NFL right now, his career high in tackles was 15 against Missouri State in in 2021. And and Nick Martin has surpassed that total twice. And it's not just the number of tackles that he gets. uh, It's the way he gets them. The guy has an unbelievable ability to close on the football. There are circumstances – one of which w- was was in the in the game Saturday where uh, you know Garrett Green gets outside the pocket they're down near their own end zone and the the pass protection finally breaks down and he flushes to the right and you can see as as he leaves the pocket and you know the, the that kid can run I mean he rushed for 160 some yards himself sure. you know it looks like you can tell he thinks I've got the corner and you know I'm gonna run over here and pick up a first down and and Nick Martin you know, closes on him like he was shot out of a gun and, right. you know, nearly, nearly gets him in the end zone for a safety and just, and he's a very sure tackler. Uh, I just, I continue to be impressed with him. And I guess uh, as much complaining as we've done about the transfer portal, I will say thank you transfer portal for taking Mason Cobb to USC because yeah. I'm not sure any of us know how good Nick Martin is today. If, uh, if Mason Cobb returns. Oh, I promise we don't know how good he is. Um, I mean, he had 17 and you know, that's the other thing about our, our defense that I'm happy to report on. He's got 17. Daniels has 11. Colin ends with 10. I mean, there was quite a bit of love spread in the, in the tackling department and from a defense who started off in the season with being tragic at tackling to have that many guys up there in the double digits for tackling. That's you'll take that any day. Yeah, Nick, Nick Martin individually, by the way, up to uh, up to fifty tackles on the year in, in Big Twelve games and seventy one tackles for the season. I mean, that's that's fantastic. You mentioned Kendall Daniels, who who yeah had eleven uh, tackles. Eight of those were solos. He had a tackle for a loss on a really critical fourth down play. He caused a fumble, recovered a fumble, same play, <laughs> which is crazy. 
yeah. um, you know, and, and probably the play, that was probably the play of the game momentum wise, at least in the first half, because the Oklahoma State's defense had, had gotten a quick three and out and it looked like everything, uh, you know, was going to start great. And then, uh, you know, we have the muff punt with Presley and, and, mm. and I, you could just almost feel the air go out of the, uh, out of the team right then. And one, two plays later, Daniels, you know, takes it back and we're right back in the saddle. Yeah. Huge momentum swing for us. I mean, at that point, all the, yeah, all the helium's taken out of the balloon and, and for him to come up with that was, was huge for the pokes. Now, you know, uh, some of those things obviously were good, but the, you know, the, the bad things that are going on defensively, we're still allowing way too many big plays, 11 plays yeah. for West Virginia of over 15 yards, touchdown passes of, uh, of 32 yards and 45 yards. You know, we had the, the, the four touchdown or five touchdown passes in excess of 30 yards last week. I mean, that, that has got to get cleaned up. Those big plays, you know, gave up, uh, you know, uh, over 400 yards of total offense. That's too many gave up 34 points uh, with the way this team had been scoring up until the last couple of weeks, uh, you know, giving up that many points will, will certainly get you beat. I, it's it's funny to me, Shell. This team defensively is playing almost opposite of how I felt they would play in the three-three-five. They're doing a better job stopping the rush than yep. what I thought they would do. Yep. And, and granted, you know they they get in the four-man front here and there, and they got in it several times the other day, which which I like when they do. But um, but even when they're in that three-man front, they're they seem to be doing a pretty good job of, of stopping the rush, but uh, but they're struggling in the back end, and that's one of the reasons that you go to the three three five is just you know is to help out in in pass plays and prevent some of those big pass plays. So they've definitely got to shore that up. Yeah, my uh, husband and I had a debate on the on the defense three man front versus four man front, and he. He claims that we can stop the rush with that three-man front front better because of blocking angles. We had a very long discussion, heated discussion about this, um, but they are doing they are stopping the run uh, better. And you are right that that defense is traditionally to, to to stop the big balls, and and we're not stopping them. I think Gundy talked about this in his um, press conference, but on that thirty-two yard um, touchdown, I think it was. Epps back in coverage and I mean we're not even within eight nine yards um of the guy so we got we got to be better we got to be tighter I know that's a really hard spot to play um I won't pretend that that's easy to be to be in coverage that long and obviously we had a big he had a big scramble play I think 45 yard touchdown and that's that's hard to cover for something for that long so I understand that but we are gonna have to tighten up yeah, I think that's right, Shelby. I think uh, I think teams have realized that the the best way to attack uh, Oklahoma State's defense is to try to specifically attack the safeties in the middle of the field. In fact, uh, one of the things that was alluded to on the broadcast was that Neil Brown had apparently told the broadcast crew specifically that was one of the areas they were going to try to target. Um, you don't see guys go at the corners very much, uh, you know, and and I think that's probably with good reason. And I think the safeties uh, that have been playing for us have done a really good job on run support. Um, you know, uh, Rucker comes to mind. I mean, he's he's mm-hmm. excellent in run support and a very good tackler. Yeah, uh, he has seemed to struggle in coverage sometimes. You know, deep Agreed. down the field. 
Yep. Uh, and, and a couple of those guys that are playing back there in the safety spots are, are really young. There's some freshmen flying around back there. Oh, yeah, for don't, sure. Don't, don't really know what they're doing yet. So, um, you know, we'll see. I, I don't know what the answer to that is. I don't know if um, if they've just got to turn up the heat and make sure that, that teams don't have the time to throw deep down the middle of the field. If, if maybe in some longer – uh, down in distance situations, maybe the coaches pull some of those safeties off the field and put, uh, you know, some additional cornerbacks, you know, in, in those spots. I don't know what the answer is, but but that has been uh, certainly has been an issue. Yeah, I uh, we're, it's it's just going to be an area that we have to improve on, and like you said, we're young on it, and and it's it's one of the hardest positions in football. Don't get me wrong, so I won't pretend that's an easy fix, but we are going to have to be uh, a little bit better because I think we're going to see some. I think we're going to see some teams attack us that way. I think that's um, an obvious weakness of ours. So I hope Coach Nardo can can get him coached up well enough so that we can quit having so many of those um, big balls because they also take the take the win out of your sails and it's a big momentum shift. You know when you get those those big touchdown scores. Um, so it's and it's it's hard to to go back out there and get pumped up again. Um, so hopefully we can we work on that. Um, well, Dad, you we- talk about you talk about complimentary football a lot, and, and you're exactly right. And and when you give up big, quick scores, if you've got the OSU offense of the past, you know where you've got uh, you know Mason Rudolph throwing it to James Washington, and you can score mm-hmm. in 21 seconds, that's mm-hmm. less of a concern. Right. Even as good as Ollie has been, and the and the running game has been here of late, it typically takes longer, uh, you know, to to rush the football down the field and score. And when things take longer like that, you you typically have more likelihood of uh, of having a penalty or having a turnover. So right. uh, that, that's another really good, just from the complimentary football side of things, I think that's another reason that they really need to, to shore those things up. Now, you know, there's some things they're doing well on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, once again, we've had uh, we had some critical fourth down stops, um, you know, two two of them specifically in the West Virginia game and. And teams are now just three and fourteen against uh, you know Coach Nardo's defense on on fourth down, which is a uh, you know that's a twenty one percent you know however you want to look at it success or failure rate, which is pretty good. Yep. Cowboys come up with three turnovers again, uh, allowing us to win the turnover battle. We've talked a lot about how critical it is for this team to to win the turnover battle, and um, you know uh, Oklahoma State is seventy eight and eight when winning the turnover battle. So, uh, you know, that's probably a statistic that's similar for maybe for a lot of teams, but that's, you know, that's a, a pretty big and pretty glaring number and, and really important. So I am glad uh, that they have at least started to, to come up with some takeaways because they weren't getting any early in the season. No, and we ta- we've talked a lot about turnovers um, and the turnover battle just in that this team isn't um, good enough to play bad football, right? We're not good enough to to play bad football and come up with a win. And and by bad football, I mean turning the ball over. Um, and we did at West Virginia some, but uh, another hats off to Coach Nardo's defense. Um, our defense did not let up any points from those turnovers so they didn't convert on any turnovers at West Virginia so that's huge because at that point you've you've turned them you know the turnover battle is is completely lopsided um which I think puts us obviously in a way better position to win um so that's huge and and hats off to them for for going out there and and grinding after a turnover because that's a that's a hard momentum change too to overcome 
Yeah, um, and I think on the flip side of that, I think we did score points off of every turnover of theirs. Seventeen, that, I that think. We got. So, you know, and it's it's funny because we, we, you and I, have both talked a lot about how the the margin for victory for this team would be razor thin, and you know they w- wouldn't be able to lose the turnover battle and and win games. And I, I still believe that to be true. But I will say it was extremely encouraging to me that, that the Cowboys were able to overcome some pretty big mistakes Saturday on the road and still win the game. Not so much in terms of straight turnovers, but, uh, you know, we did have one interception. Uh, we had a missed field goal, which is fairly mm-hmm. rare. We had the muff punt, you know, for yeah. another turnover. And, and then we had a, you know, I don't know what you want to call it, a blocked punt or a self-blocked punt. We <laughs> yeah. punted the ball into into the back end of one of our own guys. So, Typically, you know, and a couple of those, three of those mistakes are on special teams where Oklahoma State historically is really good and, and really solid. So mm-hmm. the good thing is that those are things that you would expect to be uh, cleaned up and corrected. Right. Um, you know, the better thing is on Saturday we were good enough to overcome it and still win the game. Right. And in a way game with that in in a in a tough, tough environment, tough place to play. I um I was we've talked about this, Dad. I was really nervous about going away. I think the Pokes play way better at home. I mean, I know most teams do, but I think especially for the Cowboys um, in the past, we've had a way better home record. And so I was nervous, especially with how rocky the season has started and how um unidentifiable we were. I thought that we would really be challenged in an away environment. Um and so obviously you're just happy to win, but I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy with the way we won. Um, I'm happy with this, uh, the, the points and how it all shook out. So, um, I'm excited to get the pokes back home this coming weekend and, and hopefully have a, another W. Yeah, I think, um, I, I think it's, it's always great when you can get a conference road win, um, you know, West Virginia, I think, historically is a tough place to play. Uh, you know, I don't know. Maybe Coach Gundy wants to buy a vacation home there, though, because uh, <laughs> his Cowboys are 5-1 and one at Milan Pusker Stadium, so they have not had a lot of trouble. But, you know, and, and what you said, uh, I, I think, you know, that, that road win, particularly kind of being a fourth-quarter road win, I mean, you look at the score and you say, wow, Oklahoma State wins by 14. You know, the game wasn't that tight. Well, with 14 minutes left in that game, Oklahoma State's trailing by four points and had to punt the football away, and that's when when West Virginia had the muff and uh, yes. and the Cowboys recover the ball and and not only end up, you know, winning the game, but they, but they win it by 14, so – I, which which kind of leads me to a, an, another thought or point. Um, you know, Coach Gundy has won a ton of of tight games in his career, and I think one of the reasons we we continue to win tight games and maybe particularly tight games on the road is the Rob Glass factor. I I think oh for I sure think in the fourth quarter, I think Oklahoma State tends to be in better shape than other teams. Um, I I think that was true again Saturday. You know, we talked about how Ollie gets stronger throughout the game. You know, even in some of the earlier games, quite honestly, even before we had kind of settled in on a quarterback and a tailback, uh, you know, we got better performance from the offensive line late in games than we did earlier in the games. And, uh, again, I just think that's the glass factor. I I think Oklahoma State is is a team that is, you know, year in, year out, game in, game out, really well conditioned. Yeah, and you know we've made that point um, several times, but I don't think you can make it enough. I do think that that um, 
you know, that's a conditioning. It's not something that you, you think about. Um, typically people are going to talk about X's and O's and plays calling and, you know, the blame those reasons for why you don't win a football game or, or win a football game. Um, but I think, uh, we're, we're glassed up and, um, I don't, I think he, I think he makes a pretty decent chunk of change, Rob Glass. I hope he does. Um, and I, cause I hope we can keep him around. Um, because yeah, I think he's a huge difference for us. Yeah. And I think, uh, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't mention the other kind of secret weapon that Oklahoma state has not only, uh, you know, do we have uh, the obvious ones, you know, Ollie Gordon and, and Kendall Daniels and guys like that. And, and maybe the ones that are a little more subtle, uh, like Rob Glass, but the real true secret weapon is we just look better than everybody else. Everybody. We play. We, we've got to talk about yeah. the uniforms, right? I mean, I thought the black, white, orange, uh, you know, the last uh, time we wore those, you know, the last time we wore those unis combo. I, I don't, I don't. Yes. All right. There you go. Well, yep. I mean, it, it's a good, it's a good look. That might be, I'm typically, it's funny because usually I would tell you, I'm not a tricolor uniform guy. I usually kind of like the helmet and the pants to match. Yeah. But, you like those to match, but I, I'm not sure this particular tricolor outfit the black white orange uh yeah isn't my very favorite road uniform Mm -hmm. with the script cowboys on the front of the helmet and pete on the side it's Pete on the side it it was a stout it was a stout look yeah it's tough it's tough to lose a football game when you look that good you know they've done a little bit uh, of a different thing i think this year with some of the striping in the middle of the helmets Mm -hmm. and and boy it just it it just ties everything together i i i thought uh we haven't had a uniform review in, in, in a while. So I, I thought I'd throw that in because I just thought the the, the Cowboys uh, drip. Is that what we call it? Is That's it what we call it, Pops. That's what we call it. That's <laughs> what the kids the drip, call it these days. I thought the drip was top notch. What do you think about Saturday's drip? What do you think we're going to roll out on? You think all orange for Hoko or you think we save it for uh, Bedlam? Yeah, I think, I mean, that's a g- really good question. I certainly will do an all orange look and I, I could see it. I could see it go, you know, either way. I normally I would say we would we would hold it for uh, for OU, but you know, with with that Bedlam game being in the six day window and there being a chance of it being at night, I wonder if they're giving any thought to to a second blackout. You know, if if Bedlam would happen to to be at night and and uh, you know, may, if that's the case, then you know maybe they go all orange this weekend. Yeah, uh, I'm, heard- I'm not sure what way they'll go, but I know it'll look good. I'm hoping for for a night game with Bedlam, but I I keep hearing rumors for an 11 a.m. So we might be might be having breakfast with our Bedlam um, this year, but we'll see. Yeah, I think I think with the year of the Cowboy, um, that's the homecoming theme this year. I think we're probably gonna go ahead and do the all orange for for that um, this weekend, and when we take on Cincinnati. Um, I'll be well, curious. along those lines. Do you think you get Patriot Pete again, or you know, it, it, surely it's Pete, right? It's the year of the Cowboy. I think it has to be. I think we'll do the orange helmet with um with Pete on there. I, I guess we could also do the chrome. I don't know if we'll do chrome, orange. Is Pete on the chrome orange helmet? Mm, you know what? I I actually can't remember. I can't remember either. But I bet we'll go orange, and I bet it'll have Pete on it because I think it has to. Um. But I'm excited um, for that that homecoming atmosphere at at OSU is always so fun and and I can't wait to to get to do it again. I think the weather is going to be a perfect fall weather, football weather. I think it's going to be a little chilly, um, but kickoffs at 7 p.m. So we got a we got a late one in front of us. 
Um, Cincinnati's two and five, but I think they're a better football club than two and five. Um, so I think we'll have to come out and be ready. Yeah, I think this is a this is kind of the quintessential trap game. Now, hopefully, you know, Oklahoma State played poorly enough early in the season that that they uh, we don't need are, we don't need any more scares. That we are immune from a trap game. That we realize we're not good enough taking Bay lightly. But there's no question what you said is true. This is not a, a two and five caliber football team. I I watched uh, the first half when they played uh, OU and and they were in that ball game uh, very competitive in it. They lost to a tight one this last weekend. Uh, and, and again, they're a very good rush defense team. They have a, an all-American nose guard that uh, make Justin Kirkland, you know, look like a, like a little guy. Um, you know, they're, they're really big up front and tough against the run. So I hope the guys all prepare. Uh, don't get too caught up in, in all the homecoming festivities because this is a, a, a way better football team than it looks like on paper. Yep. So we got a late one, 7 p.m. against Cincinnati. Um, walk arounds Friday night. Homecoming for hoops is Friday night. We got a parade Saturday morning, tailgate all day, and then get ready for the game. So make sure you come out and do all the festivities. I know, Dad, we've done it for well, I'm 27, so we've done it for 27 years. I think I, that was my first OSU uh, event when I was about three weeks old. So um, That's we're always been. We're, a- Always been a big deal for our family, you know, to participate in homecoming. I always enjoyed taking you and, and your brother around and looking at the homecoming decks and stuff when you were little. And now that uh, I'm getting to do it with with your daughter, it's uh, it's it's really it's really a special special time for our family and for Oklahoma State. Yep. If you're on the fence about coming, make sure you come. Um, be great memories to be had, and hopefully we can cheer the pokes on to another to another victory. Um, so, yeah, bowl eligibility if we get this one. Bowl eligibility, which we're on. I I've always forget this stat. Year 17, 18. This would be, yeah, we've done it 17 in a row. This would be the 18th yeah. consecutive winning season and, and bowl win if you can get this this victory. And I know we you were tired of hearing about it, but there was a time several weeks ago where I thought a bowl game was completely out of reach for us. So this would be a huge, um, a huge clinch to, to go ahead and get signed up for a bowl game. And I think it'd be a really good positive note for our, for our locker room our coaching staff, our fan base going into that big bedlam game. So hopefully we can pull that out. Um, but well, I think yeah, that's all I got. So, Pops. So, so important too, just to, to wrap that up because we've been talking about how important it is, particularly this year to stay relevant in, in college football. Right. So yep. I think that's, uh, that's as a big a factor as anything else. Uh, and a reason that it's so important that we have turned the season around and had a chance to, to salvage it. You now see the Cowboys are starting to get votes in the AP and the coaches mm-hmm. poll. And, and again, having your program on the, on the minds, uh, you know, of, of the people that make the big money decisions in college football is is really important as we continue to evolve and and I think eventually move to a you know coast to coast national playoff uh, you know system of some sort. So uh, another really great reason uh, and a, re- a good reason to pat the coaches on the back for you know pulling this thing out of the nosedive. Right, for sure. Um, well, let's go do it. Let's go get bowl eligible this weekend, seven p.m. Um, I think that's it for Orange Power Half Hour. Um, we'll see you next week. Go Pokes. Go Pokes.